Connecting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. I am Roy Biancalana, your host, and today I want to do something a little different. You know, most of the time I'm just talking about conscious principles and wisdom on how to attract a healthy, sustainable relationship. But every so often, you know, I come across some ideas that are presented about relationships that are taken to be gospel, taken to be true, and they are bought they are bought into by almost everyone. And I find sometimes that conventional wisdom is mm, suspect at best. And so today I, I want to do that. I, I want to talk to you about a relationship philosophy and a relationship book that is extremely, extremely popular and sort of, it's just assumed that it's true, it's good relationship advice and you should build your life around it. And I just think that it's dangerous. And so now what am I talking about? I'm talking about a book that's called The Five Love Languages. And the subtitle is The Secret to Lasting Love. And you see, I don't think it is. I actually think the book is dangerous. Now, I'm not saying that I'm right and Gary Chapman, who wrote the book you know, a number of decades ago, is wrong. Um, I just want to offer you another perspective on it. And that's because the book is so popular It is just assumed to be solid wisdom that can help you, as the subtitle says, you know, give you the secret to lasting love. Now, every so often I do this, you know, I kind of feel like there are times when you, you you don't want to be negative, but you do want to point out, um, some issues and some principles that can be dangerous, that can sabotage, that can backfire. You know, so I did that in one podcast where I, I I took the law of attraction to task and talked about why the law of attraction and using the law of attraction will ruin your love life. You know, that is one of the most popular relationship principles in the world today. Everybody's all about the law of attraction. And I just think that using the law of attraction will (laughs) actually ruin your love life. And, um, you know, so you can listen to that podcast. And so today I want to do something a little bit similar. And I want to focus on this book that Gary Chapman wrote called The Five Love Languages. Now, if you're not familiar with it, let me give you the basic premise of the book and the, the love languages. What he's basically saying is if you want to have a successful relationship, 
you need to understand that each of us has a particular way that we like to feel loved. We have a particular way that we experience love. And he calls it like a language. It's like, you need to speak to me. You need to love me in a certain way for me to feel love, right? So that's why he calls it the love languages. And he says, everybody has a different one, although he describes there are five love languages. And those are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. What he's saying is, if you want to make your partner happy, if you want to you know, meet their, their needs and express love in a way that they will feel it and understand it and receive it, you need to know what your partner, what your partner's love language is and love them in that way, right? And so on a certain level, that really does make sense. And because it is true that each of us have a, a preference um, on how we like to be loved. In other words, there we have a preference that when a partner expresses love to us in certain ways, it touches us more in that way than it would in another way, right? Like, so I can just admit right here that my wife, you know, she she really responds when I do things around the house, when I help her out, when I do chores, when I, in other words, it's acts of service. She just is touched by that, right? Um, She's also touched by receiving gifts. You know, if I give her flowers and a card and that kind of thing. See, receiving gifts doesn't do anything for me. It, it, it's nice if my wife wants to give me a card on my birthday or something. You know, that's fine. But I really enjoy quality time and physical touch. Okay, so, so I'm not saying that the love languages that that's not true. When I take this book to task, it's just like the law of attraction. My issue with the law of attraction is not that it doesn't work. Of course it works. But because it works, that should scare the hell out of you. Now, I won't go into that because I, I devoted a whole podcast to it. And if you're interested, you can listen to it. But in like fashion, I'm not saying that we don't have love languages. I don't, I'm not saying we don't have preferences that we feel loved when people do or say certain things and we don't feel as loved or it doesn't mean as much to us when people express their love in other ways. So, yeah, so again, this is, I'm not saying we don't have love languages. I'm challenging the premise that the whole thing is built on, okay? And the whole thing is built on the, the premise, the, the underlying assumption is that it's two things. The purpose of a relationship is to meet each other's emotional needs. Right? The premise is sort of your job in a relationship is to make your partner feel loved, to feel safe, to feel approved of, 
to feel wanted, to feel seen, to feel worthy, to feel accepted. There's all kinds of words, right? The premise is the purpose of a relationship is to make the other person happy, is to love them. And so if they've got a love language, a particular way that really touches them, well, then you're supposed to do that because your job is to make your partner feel loved. Okay? That's a problem. The purpose of a relationship, well, it can be. Here, here's what I want to say. There is no right or wrong purpose of a relationship. There's, there's just different purposes. You can be together. The purpose of your relationship can be to raise children. The purpose of your relationship could be to experience spiritual awakening together. The purpose of your relationship could be to, you know, to make each other feel emotionally safe and loved and, and happy. The purpose of your relationship could be all kinds of things. But each purpose, or whatever the purpose of your relationship is, um, there are certain consequences of that. There are certain results. And so the conventional wisdom on relationships is that the purpose of it is to meet each other's emotional needs. And I'm here to, to say, if you do that, what you're creating is a codependent dynamic. Because the second premise is that we are in a relationship and we are lacking love. That we are in some way incomplete. That we are in some way, um, like we, in other words, we have these emotional needs. We have emotional wounds. And so that we're not in touch with love. We don't feel love. We, we aren't sort of filled with love. And, and so the reason I get into a relationship is because I need someone to love me. I want someone to love me. Because I, I, I don't, I, I feel like I'm lacking something. I'm lacking that companionship, that being seen. I'm lacking you know, that sense of being wanted, being worthy, being good enough. I'm, I'm lacking that. And so the mind says, well, the way that you deal with that is you find a partner who will love you and a partner who will love you in the ways that mean the most to you and touch you in that way. So those are the premises upon which the book is built. That the purpose of a relationship is to meet each other's emotional needs. And that is because we come into a relationship where we are deficient of love, where we are lacking or feel incomplete in some way. So I just question both of those things as being true. First, I question, I don't think the purpose of a relationship is to meet each other's emotional needs. I think that's that's a disaster. I, I think I think that it sounds good, but it's an impossible thing to do. 
this whole you complete me mindset, um, which is bought into by almost everyone. It is the conventional wisdom. A lot of people will say that will verbalize, oh, no, you know, it's not my partner's responsibility to make me happy or to make me feel loved. You know, that's my job. They'll say it. But in reality, we really do think it is our partner's job to make us happy and to make us feel loved. And I know that because there would be no drama in relationships if you did not have the expectation and the kind of subtle demand that your partner make you feel safe and secure and wanted and worthy and loved and happy. If it's your job, if all those things come from within you and you're not lacking them to begin with, well, then there would never be this conversation where you're saying, you know, I don't feel like you love me or I don't feel like you um, care about me or you're, 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 you don't, you don't love me the way you used to. You're, you're, you used to prioritize me in a way or say things to me in a certain way or do things in a certain way and you don't do that anymore, right? So, so let's, let's zero in on this a little bit. Now, you, if you listen to some of my podcasts, you know that there's a certain understanding of the human condition. And that is that, you know, we exist, right? We're, we're conscious, aware beings. If I saw you and said, hello, are you in there? You say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in here, <laughs> right? And I would ask you, how you doing in there? And if you're honest about it, you would recognize that there, most of the time, there is a subtle or not so subtle, not okay feeling. In other words, there is a, a feeling on the inside of anxiety or worry or insecurity, or loneliness, or maybe boredom, or stress, or overwhelm. And even deeper than that, there are feelings of being not good enough, you know, feeling unworthy, unwanted, unseen, and that kind of stuff. So so we exist, and we have this not okay feeling in us. And that feeling is is so intolerable that our our lives really become all about how can I feel okay on the inside? How can I fix this void that I feel? How can I, you know, finish the story of being abandoned or being unworthy or unwanted? Uh, How can I, you know, find an identity, you know, in the world, um, to where I feel special and seen and and valid and so forth, right? So we don't we we have this feeling of not being okay. It's and that's a powerful thing, and our lives become devoted to fixing it. And one of our mind's best strategies is to find a partner who will love you. If you feel unwanted, find someone who will want you. If you feel unloved, find someone who will love you. If you feel sort of not seen, find someone who will be emotionally available to you and pay attention to you. If you feel sort of abandoned, find someone who wants to prioritize you in their life. Do you follow me? So we come, if you pay attention to the human experience, you recognize 
that there is a feeling of lack, a feeling of being incomplete, a feeling of that you have emotional needs. Okay? And so that's what the love languages are doing. They're buying into that. They're sort of validating the sense that you do have a not okay feeling inside and it really is the best strategy. It really is to find a partner who will fix it. And the way they would fix it is by loving you according to your love language. If they love you according to your love language, it's going to fix that feeling of abandonment or that feeling of being unwanted or unseen or not good enough. You see, so it's buying into the premise that you are not whole and complete unto yourself and that it is the purpose of a relationship to heal your wounds. Now, I've talked at length about this, that that sounds good, but it doesn't work. We all know that because we've all tried to be in relationships and get a partner to love us in a certain way and to sort of fix that problem we have on the inside. And it, it doesn't work. In my book, I describe it as like trying to paint a house with a hammer, right? I mean, you could try to paint your house with a hammer, but man, is it going to be frustrating and discouraging and it's just not going to work. It's not like it's wrong. I mean, you can try, but it's not going to work, right? And you can try to find a partner who will love you and and speak your language, but it's not going to work because life partners make lousy life sources. And that is the underlying premise of Gary Chapman's book. What he's basically saying is your life partner is your life source. Your life partner is going to heal you if they can love you the way you need to be loved. They're going to make you happy. They're going to make you feel loved and secure and safe and wanted. No human being can do that for you. Not consistently and not adequately. Oh, yes, there are times when our partners can express love in a way that just is wonderful and it really touches us. But remember, your partner's a human being with their own needs and their own wants. And what if they, what if they don't want to spend their life giving acts of service? What if they don't want to walk around and all day have to give you words of affirmation to build you up, to encourage you? Chances are, if you grew up in a home with an alcoholic parent or an abusive situation or just in kind of an abandoning environment where even your parents might have been there, but you weren't really seen, you weren't really wanted, you you weren't really encouraged, there might have been a lot of negativity in your household. There's a chance that you want a partner who will give you words of affirmation. And you will put it upon them that they they have to keep coming. They have to keep giving words of affirmation. You're wonderful, you're beautiful, you're great. You know, it's a never-ending thing. Have you noticed that the emotional wounds that you have of being unseen, unwanted, not good enough, have you noticed that they only temporarily get touched 
but they don't permanently get fixed. Like, don't you continue to need words of affirmation from your partner? Like if they say one time, I think you're, I think you're God's gift. I think you're the most wonderful human being I have ever met. You are valid. You are worthy. You're an amazing person. They say it once. Is that it? Is it over? Do you never feel insecure ever again? Do you never feel unwanted or unseen? Don't they have to keep doing it over and over and over again? If your love language is physical touch, don't you need to be physically touched over and over and over again? Because underneath this need for physical touch is really a desire to be wanted. It's a desire to be to be seen, to be attractive, to be sort of wanted. It's not just that I like sex and that it's pleasurable. The physical touch is saying something to me. When you want to have sex with me, you want me. I'm feeling wanted. I'm feeling desirable. Right? And so, if you have sex with me once, is that enough? Does that heal my need to be wanted? My need to feel desirable? Hell no. We have to have sex a lot over and over again. It's the same way with all the love languages. You have to keep going. You have you have to keep expressing love in that way over and over and over again to sort of keep them happy, to keep them feeling loved. And if you stop or if you don't want to express love in that way, if it doesn't feel comfortable to you, if it if it if it's just not something that you want to do, maybe even for a period of time, drama will break out in your relationship because you're not doing your job. Okay, so this is the danger of what this is. Okay, this is the danger of the five love languages. It promotes a codependence. You see? Because what does codependence mean? It means we are depending on each other. And we depend on each other because we are not whole and complete unto ourselves. And we do not know how to give ourselves what we need. We are in a relationship depending on the other person to make us feel loved and wanted and seen and all that. So it's codependent, meaning I feel alone, I feel unwanted, so I want to find a partner who will give me quality time and physical touch. Okay? That's sort of their job. Okay? In like fashion, that person is going to expect me to give them love in the ways it touches them. And there's sort of this, probably unspoken, but there's this unconscious agreement. I will love you in the way you need to be loved if you love me in the way I need to be loved. And frankly, if that continues and both people do it, 
the relationship can function. But very often, someone drops the ball. Someone gets busy with a project or, you know, takes on another job or, you know, has a new interest or a new hobby. And the balance of the codependence shifts. And it turns, it turns into like a power struggle. Because if you... This is the way it works. Okay, so I know I'm kind of describing things in a negative way, but here's how it works. If you buy into this whole love language thing, you are going to keep score. You are going to say, well, listen, I gave you quality time and I had sex with you, so you got to go vacuum the house. Because I, you know, I'm doing these things for you. I'm, you know, I don't really want to do them. I'm doing them to make you happy because I want, I do love you and I want you to feel love. But I'm doing these things for you. But hey, listen, hey, you got to be doing some things for me. You got to be giving me acts of service or giving me gifts or words of affirmation or whatever it is. You know, we got a deal going on here. And if if one person feels like I'm giving more to the relationship and I'm not getting, if it's not balanced, there's going to be drama. Hey, listen, we had sex three times this week. You think you could get off your ass and quit watching the TV and vacuum the house for me? You know, it is my love language, and it would be nice. I mean, I love you the way you want to be loved. It'd be nice if you took some time to to vacuum or take the garbage out or something like that. You see, so it's going to lead to scorekeeping. It's, it's going to... It's going to lead to power struggle. Because, hey, listen, if you're not going to meet my needs in the way I want them to meet, well, then I'm going to withhold sex. Do you follow me? That's what this leads to. I know Gary Chapman doesn't say that in the book. But when you get right down to it, this is what happens if you buy into the mindset that the purpose of this relationship is that you have a job which is to make me feel loved. And my job is to make you feel loved. And then that's a you you gotta you gotta keep that balance there. And it and it always leads to drama. Do you follow me there? Now what's weird about this is what do single people do? Like right now, you're probably listening to me and you're single, you know, And but you've heard of the love languages and I'm talking to you about it even though you might not be in a relationship because you may be thinking that that's what you want. You want to find a partner who will love you in your love language. In fact, it might even be on your list that you have of qualities you want in a partner. I want a, a, a partner who is going to love me in my love language. Um, and so... But think about this, because here's my take on relationship principles. If there's a relationship principle that people say is true, then it, it should apply to everyone at the same time. But what if you're single? Who's going to love you in your love language? Who's going to be giving you physical touch if you're single? I mean, I guess you could be asking your friends to give you quality time, or you could... You want your friends to give you words of affirmation, but how about if you're single and you're living by yourself? Who's giving you acts of service? 
Who's vacuuming the house for you? Right? So it's like if you're single, you're screwed. You can't feel love. Because you don't have anyone to give it to you. So, so with Gary Chapman's philosophy, oh my God, you got to find a partner. Because you can't feel love. You, you can't feel wanted. You can't feel seen. You can't feel worthy. You can't feel secure. You can't be happy until you get into a relationship. And then that person has got to love you in the way you need to be loved. Right? So if you're single, you're screwed in this perspective. And I'm here to tell you that you don't need a partner to feel wanted to feel seen, to feel desirable, to be happy, to feel loved, to feel secure, to feel good enough, to feel not abandoned. You don't need a partner for that. That comes from your relationship to life itself. That comes from your relationship with God or whatever you want to call it. That that can and has to be sourced from within you. See, if if you don't feel love, then, man, I don't want you to get into a relationship because you're going to get into that relationship demanding that that person make you feel loved. And you are going to be a nightmare to, to be in a relationship with because you're so insecure, you're going to put so much pressure on the relationship. You don't want to get into a relationship until you already feel loved. You already are love. You are whole and complete. You you don't feel needy. You don't feel lacking. You don't feel separate. You don't feel unwanted. You feel grounded in love that is coming from some other place other than from your ideal partner. So then you come to a relationship and you're not in the relationship to get something. See, that's what this is about. Here's the real deal with Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Love Languages. It supports the idea that you are in the relationship to get something that you don't have. And I'm just here to tell you, you do already have it. You just don't recognize it. So, Love is not something that, love doesn't operate by the, I've, I've got to get something. In other words, even in the Bible, it says love does not seek its own. Love does not seek itself. <laughs> Do you follow me? So real love is about giving. Real love is not coming from the place of lack. Or, right? So if you're in a relationship to get something, you're depending on the other person to give it to you. And you, of course, will attract someone who is in the relationship to get something from you. And you're in this relationship. You're not in love. You're in get. I lack something. You're supposed to give it to me. I lack something. You're supposed to give it to me. And that's codependence. And it's going to lead to drama because people can't consistently meet your emotional needs because life partners 
make lousy life sources. Okay? Now, am I saying that I don't vacuum the house because I know it will touch my wife? Of course I would do that, and I do that. And does she not spend quality time with me knowing that that really touches me? Like when we go out to dinner and we sit outside and, you know, have a glass of wine and just talk. And I like doing things. I always have liked doing things with the woman in my life. So does that mean that we don't do things? Of course not. <laughs> right? I know what, what types of actions mean something to my wife. And my wife knows what actions mean something to me. And we do those things. But we aren't doing them out of any obligation. We're not doing them from the mentality that I got to make my husband feel loved and wanted. So I got to go do this. Even though I really don't want to go out tonight. I really don't want to do X, Y, or Z. I really don't want to have sex. But, you know, it's been a few days, you know, so... Um, and he really feels loved and I do love him. So no, we don't do it from that place. We do it from a place of, of authenticity. We don't, we don't give, we don't express love to each other in, unless it comes from a place within us where we really want to do that. Like for ourselves, like I want to vacuum the house. I know she'll she'll really appreciate that. But I want to do it. I'm not doing it because I want to make her feel loved or because it's expected or because, well, we had sex last night, so I got to vacuum the house today. You follow me? So I'm So I'm not saying in a good relationship, you don't do nice things for each other. <laughs> I'm not saying that you don't know your partner well enough to know what touches them and what doesn't, right? I'm just saying you're not doing it from that mentality of obligation or I need to or, you know, I've just got to keep giving words of affirmation to keep pumping up my partner and they have to keep giving me physical touch to kind of make me continue to feel wanted and satisfied, right? And I hope, am I making myself clear? There's a huge difference between I just want to express love this way, but I'm not doing it because I think my partner lacks it and it's my job to keep them happy. So I just vacuum whenever I feel like vacuuming. And if she wants the house vacuum, she asks me, can you vacuum the house? She would never say, well, we had sex last night, so come on, man. Your, your turn to kind of do your part here. Right. We're not in that. We're not in the relationship to get something from one another. We're in the relationship to share our completeness, to share our, um, the love that we already sense. Now I want to, I want to back up because I made a point here because there's a lot of people listening to me that come from a Christian perspective and that's fine. Great. Wonderful. But as I said, the Bible says love does not seek its own. It says it does not take into account a wrong suffered. So when you're in this get relationship, what will happen is the power struggle. What will happen is the scorekeeping. Hey, you know, 
I had sex with you last night, so you know, pick up the you know, do the laundry or take the the stuff to the cleaners for me, right? But that's not love. There, there's, there's love does not take into account a wrong suffered. In other words, love is not keeping score. There, there is none of that. In my first book, A Drink with Legs, I sort of address this. What really is love? And I, and so I address this "you complete me" mindset, and this is what I what I described in terms of what love is. Authentic love is a one way street. Love asks nothing, needs nothing, and requires nothing. Love needs no response, no return, and no reason. Love has no strings. It has no memory. It incurs no debt. It needs no vow, and it has no job description. If need exists, love can't. If want is present, love is absent. Love is not mutual. It is not a two-way street. It is freely given with no thought of reply. Love, if it is actually love, is unconditional. Always. But that's not what Gary Chapman is really describing, even though he's writing from a Christian perspective. That's why I really take him to the bank. He should know better that he is not describing a real love relationship. He's talking about how to keep everybody's ego happy. Because it's only your ego that needs words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, and all that. It's just ego. Your essence is love. You are made in the image of God. So you don't need love. You are love. You don't need words of affirmation. You are affirmed. You don't need approval. You are approval. You you don't need to be seen. You are one with life, right? So let's get back to that and wrap up here with the purpose of a relationship. Most people think the purpose is to meet our emotional needs. That's how I find my ideal partner, the partner who will meet my emotional needs. That will lead to drama because they won't be able to, not consistently and reliably. You will end up with irreconcilable differences, Or you'll end up thinking like, well, maybe we're not as compatible as I thought. Because most people's definition of compatibility is that you will love me in the way I need to be loved so that I can finally feel safe and wanted. And uh, that's what compatibility means to most people. And you're just setting yourself up for drama. Because life life partners make lousy life sources. Now, Eckhart Tolle has said the purpose of a relationship is not to make you happy. And I would say, parenthetically, feel loved. The purpose of a relationship is not to make you happy or feel loved, but to make you conscious. The purpose of a relationship is to wake you up to these things. To wake you up to how needy you are and how you are looking outside of yourself for wholeness and completeness and for that which you think you lack. The purpose of a relationship is sort of to trigger all of that to where you wake up 
and you recognize, oh my God, I have been wanting a partner for not the wrong reasons, but but just for reasons that don't work. I'm setting myself up for disappointment and frustration when I am hoping a partner is going to fix all those childhood wounds, is going to make me feel wanted and seen and special and all of that. Does that make sense? Michael Singer said this. He said, here's the core agreement of a conscious relationship. Let's create an environment where we are together to work on ourselves rather than working on each other. That is fantastic. (laughs) Because what are most relationships? Oh, we're going to work on each other. Meaning, I'm going to try to make you continue to be or make you become the person I need you to be that will love me in the way I need to be loved. Be the partner that I need to fill that void, to you know, fix that problem, to finish that story, to help me find an identity, right? Most of us are in a relationship and we're working on the other person. That's what criticism is. That's what control is. That that's, that's what arguments really are. We're trying to change the other person to make them into the person we need them to be or to keep them being the person we need them to be, right? That's that's really what most relationships are, is we're sort of working on each other. If you weren't working on each other, you would never have a fight. <laughs> you wouldn't. You really wouldn't have any drama. You'd just be loving the person as they are. I don't need you to be a certain way. I don't need you to say certain things to me. I don't need you to give things to me. I don't need you to have sex with me. I don't need you to to take care of me. I don't have any need. See, here's the thing. Most people think because needs are so natural and we all we all seem to have them, we think that having emotional needs is like a good thing. No, it needs are like pain in the body. Right? If you if you have pain in your leg, pain in your knee, that means something's wrong. That means when you go to a doctor and find out what's wrong, pain is a sign of a problem. Need is a sign of a problem. You don't have any needs. You don't have needs for companionship. You don't have needs for love. You don't have needs to be seen or be wanted. You only feel like you do because you have spiritual amnesia. Right? You you don't know who you are. You don't know that you're made in the image of God. You don't know that you are one with God, that you are one with life. You don't know that you're whole and complete. So it looks like you've got needs. But when, you, but when we have a need, that should make us go to a doctor, a spiritual doctor or a coach like myself and say, I don't want to go through life feeling needy like I need things and I got to find a person who will give them to me in the right way and in the right language. Do you follow me? So Michael Singer says the core of a conscious relationship is let's create an environment where we're together and we work on ourselves 
Like, I'm going to work on my neediness. I'm going to work on the fact that I feel like I'm lacking and missing some things and I want you to do it for me. So I'm in this relationship because I want that to be known and I want a, a safe environment where I can work on that and I can play with it with you. And then you can be in the relationship with me to where you can work on yourself. So we're going to be together working on ourselves instead of trying to work on or change the other person to being the partner we need them to be so that we feel whatever we need to feel, love, safe, or whatever. Is this making sense? So all I'm saying is the five lung, the reason it's dangerous is it is espousing and teaching and promoting codependence. You are depending on your person to make you feel loved and you will demand that they do it It will lead to drama and scorekeeping and power struggle and probably end up in divorce. But if you drop all that and you begin to work on yourself and to source from within the needs that you believe you have, if you turn within and you try to find the wantedness, the desirability, the, the, if you find that from within and you don't put that on your partner to, to fix that, then you have a chance at being in a relationship that can be fun and that will work. Now, I just laid some heavy shit on you, all right? I mean, that heavy stuff. Um, and it's okay if you disagree. But... If what I'm saying resonates with you, then you probably have some work to do on yourself because you probably recognize, oh my God, this is why I've had drama in all my relationships. I've just never felt like my partners have loved me in the way I want them to love me and I just keep going from partner to partner to partner or relationship to relationship trying to find someone who will finally love me the way I need to be loved and it's not working and it never will work. It's never designed to be that way. So you might be sensing, well, then I need to find a way to source from within. I need to find a way to source approval, security, oneness, connection from within myself so that I can be whole and I can feel love and be love and not be seeking it outside of myself and creating these codependent drama-filled relationships. If you need help with that, I know I did. I had to hire a coach, and that's what I'm here for. My whole first book is devoted to this subject, A Drink With Legs, right? It's a metaphorical title about my partner is like my addiction. Like I, I'm addicted. I, I need you to love me in a certain way. I need it. I need it. I need it. And I'm, I'm in this relationship to get. Like an alcoholic has to get a drink. I got to get a drink. Where's my next drink? I got to get a drink. I need a drink. Well, that's how I was with women. I need a woman, I need a woman, I need, I need a woman to love me, to want me, to see me, right? So my book is called The Drink With Legs, and you might want to read that one. But I would love to work with you on this, because until you feel that you are love and that you feel love is here, and it's not lacking and not missing, you'll never be able to create a healthy, sustainable relationship. You'll just create codependence. 
Right? So this is the work. This is what it means to get in shape. Is that you can't enter a relationship needing love. Man, if you need someone to love you, I feel sorry for your partners. Because you're asking them to do things that they just are not capable of doing. Not fully and not completely. So I want to invite you to take this seriously and to do some work and to call me up. All right? Really, let's work together. Yes, you can read my book, A Drink With Legs, or even my new book, Relationship Boot Camp. I talk about all this stuff pretty much in all my books because it is the central issue. But I'd love to hear from you. I, I, I'd love to talk with you. I, I'd, I'd love to walk alongside of you like my coach walked alongside of me and helped me source from within that which I was expecting some woman to give me and I was never satisfied because she's just a woman. So my coach helped me see this and that's why I'm now in a great relationship. And my guess is you need help you need someone to help you see it and embody it and source these things from within so that you then can turn around and connect with someone in a healthy way rather than a codependent way. All right. I can't make it any more clear than that. I appreciate your time on this uh, sensitive subject. And we will talk again next week for another episode of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.